This episode of the Jealous Vegan Podcast is brought to you by VCoco, an online cooking school dedicated to vegan cuisine. Learn how to cook vegan the right way, from international chefs in the comfort of your own home for less than a dollar a day. For more details and to get a discount on your membership, go to thejealousvegan.com forward slash VCoco, V-E-E-C-O-C-O. If you don't eat fried chicken, what do you eat? Like, I don't understand. And, oh, that's why you're so skinny. And, the, like, you get that whole thing. Oh, it's like, yes. it's like, no, you're going to, I'm going to invite you over. And I'm not even going to tell you what the menu is. And you're going to love it. Yeah. And I'm going to retrain your brain. And I'm going to have a conversation with you afterwards about what you just ate. And be like, see, what did you think? Did you know? Exactly. Right. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lawrence Rassall, also known as The Artisan. So the topic for this episode is the distinction between a vegan dinner and a delicious dinner that happens to be vegan. What comes up for you as a distinction between those two? Um, for me, the first thing that comes to mind, I'm going to speak more of the dinner that happens to be delicious, the vegan dinner that happens to be delicious. Um, when it comes to vegan ingredients, the fact that in the era that we are in now, there's so many other um, vegan versions that you can easily make a delicious meal. Vegan butters and vegan sour cream. Um, so all those, again, things that didn't exist five, ten years ago. Um, I, so I, I, I think um, knowledge definitely is a. Uh, well, hold on, let's slow you down. What's the, what do you think is the distinction of vegan dinner or delicious dinner that happens to be vegan? Oh wait, wait, maybe I'm I'm not clear. Help me out. Help me out. You started. I, yeah. I no, started because like, clearly you can make a delicious dinner that's also vegan, right? right. Because he's pointing to components of cooking. And years ago, there was no vegan butter or vegan sour cream, or people vegan didn't cheese. know how to make plant-based cheese. Hints. Yeah. Right. Um, so <clears throat> I think the the idea is using ingredients that allow you to cook right. the way you are exactly. accustomed to. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. That exactly. make it vegan versus saying, I'm going to make a vegan dinner. And so to me, like when I think of somebody saying, I'm going to make a vegan dinner, I think they reach for like tofu exactly that's and what i was soy based yeah. meats and substitutions not necessarily how do i prepare the things i already know how to make well but use vegan ingredients exactly thank you so i apologize I'm here for I you did. thank you synergy oh you're getting along today huh dandy what do you think Lawrence and I kill in the kitchen by the way that's <laughs> right thank you yes right. so I, I, no uh no judgment there and absolutely no um 
No you conflict. don't disagree. No conflict. Yeah. Okay. We, I voted no conflict on that. <laughs> I've experienced both of y'all in the kitchen um, and the food that you produce. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Audience, it is pretty awesome. And all I have to do is show up. So I don't think about ingredients at all. What comes to mind when you mention this topic is this bottomless brunch that I go to at Kava Miz that has great options if you're plant-based or vegan that I just order and happen to make up like this smorgasbord mm. of like beautiful, delicious. I know this is not dinner, but concept's the same. Right. Just this table of beautiful plant-based food that I don't think of as vegan or plant-based. Okay. That was my next question. It's just there. It just happens and it's to be. great. It just happens to be. Like when people ask me, because people genuinely know, know that I don't eat meat. When they ask me to come over, they're always like, well, can you tell me what you eat? It's like, just cook. Just cook. If you have vegetables, I'll be fine. But just just cook. Like, don't think about this type of butter or that type of this or this type of that. Just make food. Make something that's clean. Make food. And I'll be fine. You do not have to prepare a vegan meal for me. Just do what you do. And if I can't eat anything there, that's fine. But... I don't think of it. I don't, I don't want people to feel like they have to make a vegan dinner for Agreed. me. And I, I feel like that, that what yeah. you're pointing to brings a distinction to the surface. Both of you, what you said, brings it to the surface is that vegan dinner inspires fear. Mm. Oh, yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guilt and worry. And what am I going to feed you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Versus a dinner that also happens to be vegan. Yeah, I remember um, I had a, a friend who has some, you know, younger siblings. Um, and she wanted me to come over and said, hey, we'll cook together. And then she's like, oh, wait, what are we going to make? And I was like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll come up with a menu. And so my goal was, how do I make a plant-based meal that the kids won't feel like, you know, where's my chicken nuggets? So what I ended up doing was we sauteed onion, mushrooms, spinach, and roasted off some broccoli. And then we just cooked some pasta and made a kind of a lemon shallot, but vegan butter sauce. Um, And then I think I used maybe almond milk or uh, a coconut creamer, actually, Mm -hmm. to thicken it. Um, And then we made a salad. And we... I think we used vinaigrettes as opposed to cream-based dressings. And so, and I mean, and like her mom and some other people knew that the goal was to have a vegan dinner. But for me, the pleasure of it was that the younger kids kept going back for seconds, um, which to me was like the ultimate, you know, vote of confidence that, hey, this this is good food. I, I want to eat more of this. Yeah, that's 100% my goal, to invite people over from my congregation who just know that there's nothing that we share in terms of our palates and what we eat and make a completely plant-based dinner and they don't even know it. Like I I, I, I I have a mission to train <laughs> people's minds. Cause you know, you'll you'll sit there and have a conversation at a at a, a you know a gathering and they're like, so you don't eat chitlins? You don't eat oh. this? You don't <laughs> eat that? Not the C word. Who eats yes. That? Yes, that's Ugh. the conversation. And I'm just like, and it's not just pork, it's chitlins. Chitlins. 
chin ups. I mean, Which is like three bar- levels down. Yeah, of pork. Yes. Like, yeah. There's bacon, pork chops, cracklins, maybe, cracklins. pork rinds, yeah. and then chitlins Chit- into the bottom. Chit- yeah. Audience, if you're listening internationally and you do not know what chitlins <laughs> oh, are, yes. we invite you to please Google it. It is. Yes. It will. It might just break your brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, the correct pronunciation <laughs> is chitterlings. chitterlings, not chitlins. Right. C H I T T E R L I N G S. Yeah. So that the conversation literally is, well, if you what do you eat? If you don't eat fried chicken, what do you eat? Like I don't understand. And oh, that's why you're so skinny. And the, like you get that whole thing. Oh, and it's like yes. it's like, no, you're gonna I'm gonna invite you over and I'm not even gonna tell you what the menu is and you're gonna love it. Yeah. And I'm gonna retrain your brain and I'm gonna have a conversation with you afterwards about what you just ate and be like, see, what did you think? Did you know? Exactly, right. Did you have an issue with it? Did you miss the chitlins? Right. (laughs) (laughs) They smell terrible. I I think that's part of it too, right? The distinction is that if you come into it with the idea, if a person especially comes into it with the idea that you're going to eat this vegan dinner, that's all you think of. You're judging it against vegan. Is this, do I like vegan? Is vegan good? Is vegan, 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 vegan versus like, this is a delicious dinner. Oh, no animals were harmed in the making of this meal? Cool. Didn't miss them. That was interesting, right? It's one is like a point of curiosity. The other one's like a judgment. Like, mm-hmm. why would you Why would you do this? I don't want to be that skinny. Or you're doing it because you're skinny. And it's mm-hmm. like, or you're doing it to be skinny. And it's like, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very different way of coming at it. And I think to what we talked about in a previous episode, the principle of why you do something is so much more important than the actual like label of saying, oh yeah, I eat vegan. Yeah, but you eat, you could eat a lot of processed foods, which- right. Bingo. Isn't necessarily healthy. healthier. Yeah, I think um, for me, I've experienced that for a long time though, um, to, to Jen, Jendi's point about um, having people over and, and feeding them something that may go against the cultural or traditional meal. Um, is because I have some sensitivities to like sugar and gluten. For years now, I've not been serving bread at meals. And every once in a while, like my mom would say like, what's on the menu? And then she'd say, well, what about bread? I'm like, are you kidding me? We have like four vegetables and some salmon. Like who needs bread? <laughs> and, you know, but in her mind, like you're supposed to have bread with, with dinner. You're supposed to offer people bread. Um, and so I think a lot of it is just, is what is what we're trained to do, but I've never had someone come over and, and ask me, uh, is there any bread? Can mm-hmm. I can I get some bread? Um, because I don't think they even miss it. And when we were overseas in Europe, um, some of the finer restaurants, like what I loved, let me speak specifically for Italy. When I was in Italy, what I loved is that they always had something they offered you before you, uh, after you ordered, but before your food came, some kind of appetizer. But it was really small. It was really bite sized. It was never bread. It was never bread. In Italy. Right. Now, their so, bread is yeah, terrible, though. Right. I mean, really? let's, let's be honest. Well, in, the bread pla- is... in the place where we were, they didn't have salt in the bread. Right. right. So but, I was going to say, in Tuscany, they don't use salt in It bread. was never bread. But here, commonly in the United States, the first thing right. they do is put bread on the table, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of wet, you know, keep mm-hmm. your hunger at bay or whatever. It's very customary. But it's not really thoughtful. It's like, I'm just going to throw some bread on there because that's what all the restaurants do and it's what people expect. But I didn't find that at all. When I, Especially the finer places where we dined, they did no. not put bread on the table. Yes, you got an appetizer, but it wasn't bread. Or you got like a... A, a complimentary chef's creation. Something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I noted that distinction. Yeah. Oh, no, mm-hmm. you're not here to fill up on bread. You're here to have something delicious. Here's a starting point. 
I mean, we don't do that at home. Like when you're preparing a meal for yourself, you don't say, "Ooh, I Never need some bread first that. before right. I dig into this." All of my meals are three courses. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but you're right, though. Now that you mention it, yeah. No one I put out a basket of bread for your or kids, chips for your, or anything. Yeah. yeah. Never thought about chips that. Chips and salsa. And I think some of it is like. We don't, we don't, we want you to be happy while we make you wait for your food, but you're right. It, it is just, we've just been trained to expect that in, in some instances and you don't really need it. And to the point, larger point of eating a delicious dinner, coming from the place of eating a different uh, delicious dinner, I think it would reframe people's ex- expectation of like, well, what do you eat? Well, what do you think I eat? I eat plants. What comes to mind is a plant thing I would eat. And, and it reframes, right? Like, and then it's like, okay, now how do we make this delicious? Because this is what I eat versus what I don't eat. I feel like it comes from that very, there's, there's one negative bend and mm-hmm. then there's a positive bend. I don't want to actually eat anything that has a label on it. I just want vegan or keto, anything else. I just want delicious. Yeah. And doesn't everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. I just want it to be good because we eat for pleasure and we eat for nu- uh, nutrients. And so I just... I, we found this really great resource, by the way, we'll share with you guys, but um, that when I started, I, I just was watching something on how to make vegan cheese. And it was like, awesome. Hmm. Vegan cheese. I can make that myself. It happened to be vegan, but it was all plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had an episode not not too long ago. I'd, I'd have to go look um, and maybe we'll be able to post it to the show notes where we talked about the difference between being vegan and being plant-based. And that vegan... The, even the definition just from the internet is very restrictive. You know, they don't eat this, they don't eat that. They're they're forbidden, basically, um, or verboten. But plant based is the the definition and the approach. I think is more inclusive of these are the things that I base my food pyramid on. Um, and so that be, it, I think it changes your mindset and it changes your expectation. Um, at your cooking. I remember one of the first times that you came over to my house for dinner, April. I um, I think I recently adopted, um, I, I just said, hey, I'm going to eat whatever you eat. And I was surprised at how easily I could come up with something to cook. I think I made green beans, squash, uh, asparag- roasted asparagus, and something else like you also had some appetizers, jalapeno hummus, I think, that I oh, right. was initially skeptical of. And I was yes. like, oh, this is the greatest thing. I, keep I haven't meditation. had that in a long time. You don't oh keep it God. in your house. I, need, I used to freeze it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, pull it out yeah, when you pull need it. Yeah, pull it out. But yeah. I, oh, yes. That perfect pita jalapeno Thank hummus you. is yeah. pretty cool. But, but yeah, so I think, um, you know, just the idea is, oh, I'm just going to make like three or four vegetables. And it was all stuff that I had in my house. Um so it wasn't I had to do anything special for it. And that's what I'm always looking for is like just cooking great food that happens to be plants. What about when people say, well, I won't get full? That's so it? untrue. It is. It's so untrue. So for me, um, I tend to gorge because I know I'm not eating maybe cheese or I'm eating... I really don't eat a lot of starch either, starches rather. So I tend to just go in, max out on gorge on the the vegetable or the fruit, whatever it is, and I'm not hungry. I mean, granted, my body is probably gonna 
break it down and purge it quicker, I'll just eat some more vegetables. So I don't, um, which, I never understood that. Which brings me to the next thing that is kind of a pet peeve of mine. It's like people feel like I need, I'll stay full longer if I eat. <laughs> or I'll stay which full longer true. if I eat more you, protein. Yeah, you will. That's true. But, but why do because, you need to stay full right. longer? Especially right. if you're an American and you have access to plenty of food, why do you need to stay All day full? Long. Right. right. Why do you need to stay full longer? Good point. Yeah. Just keep eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so to give me a sense of like, I'm curious what you guys would put together if you were just having a dinner, just dreaming here, we're just having a dinner of plant-based food, a dinner that was a delicious dinner that also happened to be vegan. What would be on that table? Yeah, I was thinking about this I, to your comment, Lawrence, about ingredients. I would, and I'm going back and forth between using this word, but I would trick my guests with color, mm. with how I present the food, music, mm. Jen, <laughs> um, and I think because people will notice right away if it's all vegetables, I think I probably would do tacos mm. or something like that. Yeah, something that makes it feel regular, but it's right. all the ingredients. I like that are plant based. So, what yeah, would you I use like as that. your quote unquote meat? Beans. Beans, I would use green peppers, red peppers, yellow peppers, uh. dice them up. Saute them. Salt, yeah, all the favorites those. in a taco. I actually have thought about what you just said as far as how can I replicate a taco that I like, but just use all the ingredients that are mm-hmm. plant based in the taco. And a lot, you know, um, what's the name of the place? Chipotle. Chipotle. Yep. Thank you. I, I usually do that. that. Yeah. I um fajita bowl. Like yeah. it's so it's so easy. And and you're fit, you're full. You're 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 comfortable. So um yeah, by all means. Beans, I know I I think I mentioned to Lisa on a previous episode that I was gonna try and make some uh faux ground beef out of I think it was walnuts or and or some type of seed. I haven't done it yet, but so there's, there's, there's ways. There's beans, there's lentils you could use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, spinach. People actually don't realize how high in protein spinach is. Mm-hmm. Ounce for ounce. Like, yeah. Um, you can do some sauteed spinach. Also mushrooms. Uh, yeah, I was mushrooms. gonna say mushrooms yeah. is probably the yeah the meatiest mm-hmm. vegetable. vegetable. It gives you the texture of the nashi, right? Yeah. More so. And I think I would do all this on the grill. Yes. As well, because people aromatics. Just, the aromatics. Yeah, just something that they're familiar with. Right. And they taste the char, and then they you know yeah. think about the barbecue. I love that too, that you're mentioning the aromatics. It's all of it. It's the experience. Right. A delicious dinner has the experience. It's right. What's happening on your taste buds and what you smell, smell. and with the ambiance and you know how it's laid out and what you know the color. Right. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's all, all of it versus like it's all plants. That's yeah. not that's not nobody's inspired by that. Right. Um I I don't know about that. I I don't necessarily look at a plate and say, like, oh, there's something's missing. I can be inspired by a really great plate of vegetables. I think your brain has already been broken, though. I yeah. agree. Oh, that's I agree possible. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was going to say we're the same already thing. out of the matrix. What would you put on the, um, <laughs> I mean, all of us, yeah. right? We're already out of the matrix in the sense of, like, yeah, I'm not expecting, uh, I'm already off of the, the common, the, uh, common train in terms of and i don't say common in 
know, derogatory mm-hmm. way. I mean, common, like what's 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 culturally accepted. Yeah. Traditional, yeah. What's yeah. yeah, kind of the the um the average or popular. So, um, for me, I think pasta tends to be something that I serve to guests more than I eat myself. Uh, one because I have a gluten sensitivity, and you know, it's just not ubiquitous. So. I have to like find a place that has the kind of vegan, I mean, the gluten-free pasta that I that I want to use, um, and that means not the egg fettuccine, right, or egg plate, egg-based pastas. So I have a couple that I like, um, and so two things: one, the the pasta dinner that I mentioned earlier, but the other thing I, I would probably do is risotto, especially depending on the season. So risotto is a great vessel for flavor. It's fairly bland on its own. And so it will take on whatever flavors you put in it. Um, and so you could do something like pumpkin, you know, if it's the fall or even late summer, you might do like corn, asparagus, tomatoes, as well as some mushrooms and spinach. So I just feel like those are things that people won't even realize they're not eating meat. They'll just Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, this is good and it's hearty and it's well done. Hopefully if I made it, it's well done. I don't know. Yeah. Now, actually I like both components of Jennifer's, as well as uh, Jindy's, um, utilizing, as she mentioned, um, all the senses, and perhaps using to what Jennifer was saying, as well as Jindy, um, using something that is familiar. Everyone has tried the the mac and cheese, so I would definitely utilize oh, that. Yeah. So um, I would incorporate that and then maybe pile in or incorporate a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. along with that. And um, yeah, your, your roasted broccolini and roasted asparagus and that mac and cheese is, I exactly. feel like a meal. Exactly. And it's pretty inspiring to see that on the plate. Exactly. And again, you're filled. It's yeah. something familiar. I mean, it takes a little bit of work to um, replicate uh, a plant-based cheese. I mean, instead of just melting down cheese and adding cream to it, you have to blend the the nut, and you know. But I add- think that's that's definitely what makes it so memorable and so delicious is that it's made from scratch, which yeah. we all know fresh food is always better. It's made, made from, with love. It's made with love. I love you guys. We love you too. We love you back. <laughs> Um, it's got. <laughs> she didn't say it. She didn't say, April April didn't say, it. say it. April didn't say it. I'm no, waiting. We're, we're going back and forth about my sister, so I'm just kind of like, oh I don't know my yet, goodness. Right of course, I love you. Um, so, but but I think it's that freshness, right? Um, and also, who doesn't love a good like hearty something yeah. about the mac and cheese that you made that just feels very comforting because it's warm and it's just it's nutrient dense. Also, believe it or not, it's not just like some. Some of the vegan cheeses are made from oils, mm-hmm. primarily, primarily oil. and they don't really have any calcium or protein. They You're just right. kind of approximate the flavor of cheese. But your cheese you made from scratch was very much so of nuts. So it had that weightiness. I think you use nutritional yeast also, yeah. which has the B12, right? So you're going to get those pieces that are, you know, it's going to, your body's going to feel like it got actually nutrients, not just deliciousness, which I think is, is key. Um, if I were serving dinner, I'm, and I'm still on the hunt for creating the perfect recipe around this, but I really think of something like, especially for winter months, like lasagna, um, but a vegetable lasagna, not mm-hmm. with the Beyond mm-hmm. Meat. Yeah. Jen and Sounds I can help good. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh, really? We have, well, yeah. we separately have made lasagna, yeah. and 
then discuss like what we didn't like about how it right. turned out. Um, and yeah, I, I actually made it again. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think I got. Oh, good. Good for She's you. pretty yeah. proud of herself. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> She's really sure. That's good. Good. Cause that's the kind of thing I feel like people are looking for something hearty. Their first day, generally speaking, You're right. they're expecting to not be fulfilled and they're expecting for it not to be delicious. So if you can approximate something that they are already accustomed to, but, but to, uh, with a fresh Bingo. take on it, yeah. I yeah. think that can help. And then of course, lasagna, you just add on all the veggies you want. So I'll take kale or mm. whatever else. There's vegetables in the lasagna because again, I wouldn't do mine with fake uh, with um, any kind of approx- meat approximations. I would just do it with mm-hmm. vegetables. Vegetables, yeah. Um, but sauteed, I, I love like sauteed mushrooms and spinach. Um, I love kale. Like I would just pile in all the vegetables, serve a good wine. I probably would not do as well with the aromatics of things, but but um, I definitely would try to create the experience. We can help you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, I think I feel like if you saute onions, that yes, just it's all me, yeah. right? You'll think you've been slaving all day. Saute, yeah. yes. Mm. Ooh, what's what are you cooking? What's <laughs> right. that? Oh, right, yeah, garlic. But here are my shortcuts for lasagna. So um, Trader Joe's has a basil pesto kale. Yeah, it has a pest like a kale, kale pesto. pesto. Okay, um, that's that's vegan. Um, and I actually use that instead of red sauce. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I don't really like red sauce. Um, and then instead of like when I made it the first time, I incorporated all of my sauteed vegetables into the red sauce. And so then this time, I used the vegetables as an actual layer, oh. um, as opposed to like a layer of cheese mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and it worked out better. Was so there any good. vegan cheese in there? Yes. So um, for the ricotta, I used the um, Kite Hill almond ricotta, ricotta, um, but it's kind of thick, and typically ricotta is pretty loose. So I I used like I think a, a cashew milk, and I just kept whip you know like adding a little bit at a time till it got right. to a consistency where I felt like it was it was gonna so it was gonna stand up, but it wasn't like stiff. That sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. I've seen good. Kite Hill in the store, and I've actually bought it. I probably have some in my refrigerator right now, but I have not. I don't think it lasts very long. So I it doesn't, and it's also small. Stuff. It's not like you can get a big right. thing in ricotta for yeah. ricotta, depending on if you're Italian or ricotta. English um, or English speaking. But um, ricotta it comes in this big old it's like tub. It's like 15 ounces or 32 ounces. Kite Hill is like $8, eight for this <laughs> tiny thing. So it yeah. depends on how much you're making it for. If you're making it for you know a dinner of 10, yeah, but the other thing is you don't yourself. Not only yeah, not only that, but I don't think you have to follow the recipe exactly. So what I did was because I only had one little thing, I was able to stretch it so that I created one full layer uh, of the ricotta without it being like multiple layers. And it, it. still, I mean, you still taste it in almost every bite. So you know, it's the creaminess. Cheese, right? yeah, you can cheat cheat your way to getting what you want out of out of a meal. Those are my tips. I like it. What you I also like that you bought from Trader Joe's is that garlic. It's like oh, an aioli to me. It is, yeah. Is that what it's called? I think they call it the garlic spread, but it is it's like an it's aioli, something. but it's not a mayonnaise base and doesn't have any egg. So right. it's vegan, which is what right. I love. And I think I feel like I would use it on something. Like I have had um squid ink, uh-huh. uh spaghetti. Love that stuff. I don't really? know. I just love it's squid gross. ink spaghetti. Do you? I said it looks gross. It does. I've yeah. never tried it though. Yeah. Well, if you if you in my, Italy. But my grandmother, she's like, I don't eat anything black. 
Like, why is it black? It looks like ink. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And but I will tell you, the flavor is very distinctive. And when I've had squid ink, spaghetti, or paella when I was in Spain, oh. they put like an aioli on top. I would love to duplicate. Yeah. Right? And uh, a really good squid ink. It's not really Pasta. a paella. It's it, like a paella style. Um, and put the aioli on top. These, these are my dreams. And y'all know I don't cook, right? Mm-hmm. So, But when I do think of cooking, I'm just like, that. I want to do that, right? I don't want to make burgers. I want that. Mm-hmm. with the aioli on top yes now how do you approximate that without shrimp I don't know because the, the yeah. paella style has right. the seafood right but I don't know these are my dreams this is just like okay if I if I were a dreaming woman and I decided I want to cook this is this is this what, is I, would what I would cook yeah that would be a delicious dinner that happens to be vegan and not Got it. as a vegan dinner mm-hmm. I really think that uh, for me cooking like I it's funny um like I'm a amateur decorator and I'm an amateur cook. And these are both skills that came to me later in life. I was a tomboy. Um, well, I feel like I still am for the most part, but I was like not interested in quote unquote girly things. But in my later life, like it just got turned on at some point. And I feel like, like I love to think about, I mean, and it's not even intentional. Like I'll just be driving and say, I wonder how that would taste together. And there's real beauty in trying to create a taste, um, even if you have quote-unquote restrictions or things that you're avoiding. April said she's a dreamer. You said something about a dream or you're a dreamer. And that triggered a thought for me. I'm um, quitting my job, and my dream is to, like I said, create this plant-based meal that I can use to educate people. And I think about what goes into a a delicious plant-based dinner is more than just the food. We talked about that earlier, but the experience and really being a good host Mm -hmm. as well. I was reading, or I attended a workshop about food and hosting and little elements like pulling people in to help you prepare things, um, inviting the right people over who have certain commonalities that may not know each other. So you can like introduce them and say, oh, you guys have this in common. And then they talk and you leave. You know, it's, it's just, it's so much. It's like a little orchestra yeah. to it um, that I dream of presenting with my plant-based dinner that, you know, so it just happens to be a beautiful dinner. Got it. Beautiful. You know, it's just like a it's, a, it's a thing. It's like something in my mind that I need to do. So I'm looking forward to that. I love it. I'll, I'll come too. to that party. Sure. Yeah. You're all invited. Okay. I'll be there. Me too. <laughs> Any last words or thoughts on making a delicious dinner that happens to be plant-based? Um, I, I only thing I would say is focusing on the principles. The things we talked about actually occurred for me. The aromatics, the the, the hostess, and the thoughtfulness of the meal is so much more important than the fact that it's plants. Yes, it should be full of plants, but but the experience of dining together with loved ones is paramount and if you can optimize on that the experience all of it then i think it won't feel like a restriction it will feel like a beautiful experience evening. right yeah agreed we'll see you in the next episode thank you for listening please connect with us on social media at the jealous vegan on instagram facebook or twitter or at thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content to support your plant-based journey. And until then, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.